Welcome to the January Donovan Show. I'm the founder of The Woman's School, where our bold vision is to rebuild culture one woman's worth at a time. And we're doing that by providing an education and training platform for women. Because the best way to fight the devaluing of women today is to have a strength of mind, to be skilled, and to be strategic about how we can influence culture. And the best way we can do that is to train ourselves. We have a duty to personally develop who we need to become for the world so that we can set the world on fire. And in the woman's school, our vision is to form women so she can transform culture. Join me as I talk about how we can be a force for society. And it begins with us developing ourselves. Attention all mothers, I want to introduce you to your child's wholeness. Stay with me as I just walk you through the massive importance of giving our child eyes of wholeness, teaching them to see their own life of wholeness because a child who doesn't feel whole is susceptible to evil, temptation, um, manipulation, toxic friendship. And let me show you how, okay? So imagine your child right now in the center of this wheel. This is called your wholeness arena, meaning that every part of a woman's life matters and is valuable. There's eight different parts is what we teach in the woman's school is number one, your self-image. As we define it, it's the opinion that you hold of yourself. Number two, your health, which is composed of your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. It's designed to be integrated because our thoughts impact our emotion. Our emotion impact our physiology and physiology impact our spiritual receptivity. And you know that because if you're ruminating negative thoughts, you start to get feel anxious, your body starts to tense up, and you can't actually be fully present in the moment to be spiritually receptive to any God or divine intervention. So it has to be integrated and we have to see it as an integrated. It's not just about eating healthy. It's not just about, you know, mindset and you're not taking care of your body. Our bodies are temples. And so it has to operate as one. Number three is our friendship, which uh, as we define it is the accompaniment in the journey to becoming who you were created to be. Yes, it's fun and it's great, but really the purpose of friendship, which we've lost sight of the depth and meaning of friendship and we've made friendship sort of a, uh, I would say, a crutch to soothe our aches and our pains and our joy, but not really understanding the nurturing component of the purpose and the depth of friendship, which is why loneliness is an international crisis. Now, it's not a fault of our own. It's not like we're trained how to actually become a friend or how to find friendships, okay? Number four is our intimacy, that sacred space reserved for somebody who's earned the right to be there. And knowing that that is not something to be squandered, rather it's sacred and it needs to be a place where we know how to actually um, let people in that space, okay? the Then number five, which is your contribution, which is the extension of your... Uh, I would say your work. I, I love it, work, because I think work gives us evidence of our value. And it doesn't mean work outside of our home or career only exclusively. It means that we are dreaming. We are finding work that 
that maximizes our God-given potential, that we are finding work that we love in our home and outside our home, that there is a purpose in every season of a woman's life and every season of a child's life. And knowing and discovering that and maturing our desires, because we are desires, we're born, you know, not knowing actually how to mature the desires of our heart, but it's not also good for us to ignore our desires because <laughs> that's how we get women to just indulge in our desires because we've ignored it for some time and there's sort of a disordered understanding of desires. The environment, which means that it's external space people that impacts our interior environment, how we feel inside. Wealth is the abundance of time, treasure, and talent for the purpose of contribution. And family is your infrastructure that gives you um, I would say the foundation to go out into the world. So imagine as a mother out there thinking that your role is to teach your child to see with eyes of wholeness. And here is why. Okay. So if you haven't trained your child to know that their worth is unconditional, they could develop a self image where they're proving pleasing uh, to their teachers, to their friends, and even to you. They maybe feel more loved or lovable if they got a good grade or you awarded them for a good grade and not the good effort. Or they feel that, you know, if I am skinnier, more beautiful, mom will love me more or less if I'm not. Whatever the conditions, because when our child is born, when they're this infant and they're a baby, we're looking at them, we're like, you can poop not you know, keep me up at night. I love you unconditionally. There's nothing that you can do you can love that, that would make me love you less. And then they go into third, you know, three years old, four years old, and they do things that are bad. And we maybe withhold love, which they will translate as conditional love, right? So now they're starting to develop an image that could say, well, I'm not really good enough. Or it could be that you're going to the grocery store and your child passes by the aisle when you're paying and it says there, you know, beautiful woman, skinny, tall. And then your child develops an image that a beautiful woman is skinny, tall, and it's not her. So there's all these different factors of how we develop the opinion that we hold of ourselves. So as a mother, if we're not teaching our children to design the opinion that they hold of themselves, to choose who they want to become, then they could be susceptible by default, to what they're absorbing outside of the world, they're seeing in social media. There's, there, it's you know, a beautiful woman is defined in social media as somebody who is one-dimensional, right? Or maybe they're saying that yourself, I mean, you're only really good enough if you are popular. In the woman's school, we have these this thing called the poisonous pea, where women today feel their values based on their possessions, their power, their what they can produce, their popularity and their positions, right? And, you know, if you have a PhD, so children, if, if if they don't have a sense of understanding that their worth is unconditional, regardless of their size, their popularity, they might start to believe that they have to live their life proving and pleasing, which is a lot of us. Now, if you're a mom out there and you're not training your child to manage their mind, their emotion, and their physical health and their spiritual health, then it looks a lot like this. Whatever they think and whatever they feel is okay. We don't teach them the discipline of thoughts and pivot their thought and say, oh, this is awful. It's so horrible because they could grow up not knowing how to manage their mind. And it comes from actually introducing 
language. So if they don't have the right language, let me just give you an example. If we are not policing the language that we have in our house. So in my house, you're I'm very careful in what you know, what we call illegal world words. My children are gonna say, Oh, it was a horrible time. And I'm like, was it really horrible? Or it just wasn't so good or annoying, right? They have language that are hurtful, that are not hopeful. And so that's how they end up talking to themselves. Or if we um, perpetuate anxiety and stress and our daughters here are saying, oh, it's so stressful. I'm so stressed. It was so hard. And what happens is that they develop a language of not being able to manage their thoughts, which then impacts their emotion. Remember, if they don't know how to manage your thought, that impacts the way how we feel, right? If I'm constantly thinking, oh, so stressful, it's so, so stressful. There's this part of our brain called a reticular activating system. It's called an RAS. Now, the reticular activating system helps us to actually focus, expand what we focus on. So if we focus on all the bad things that's going wrong, guess what we're going to find of? More evidence of that. And you know that because if you are pregnant, all of a sudden you start to see all the pregnant women. Why? Because that's reticular activator actually um, looking for that. So if you're thinking of how horrible life is, how stressful life is, then now your child is listening to you. Compounding that, we're not teaching our children to manage what they put in their body. What are you eating? How does that make you feel? Is it making you tired? You know, is it too much sugar making you tired? And giving them the discipline to say, you, you know, you have the ability to say no to yourself if and and study how you feel in what you eat. And I never learned how to do that and suffered a lot of health issues in my single life because I just was never trained to say no to myself when it comes to food or how to take care of my body in a way that honored it. So now you've got a child who maybe have a poor self-image because she's never taught how, but also she's not taught how to manage her mind and her emotion. So she's susceptible, right? Everything that happens go wrong. Her day looks a lot like this. So now she doesn't like who she herself, she has to prove herself. And then she her day looks a lot like good days and bad days. And then she doesn't know how to take care of her body because she was never trained how. Now she starts to maybe become a teenager and she doesn't like the way she looks. Now, she already doesn't feel like she's good enough. Now she doesn't like her body. Guess what? She looks for friendship and maybe she didn't, doesn't know how to also find quality friendships or quality conversations or say no to toxic friendships. Let me give an example. I, my daughter, I was having a conversation with her and I heard, overheard, there was a lot of drama going on and certain, you know, friends. And I told her, I said, you know, sweetie, what's going on? She's like, mom, listen, I don't get into drama. You taught me how to do that. I just don't get into drama. I want to stay away from it. Obviously I've taught her, trained her to do that. So if we don't have, you know, train, if we don't train our children with the right boundaries and the right script to actually say, I'm not going to go into toxic friendship, then they could be susceptible to toxic friendship simply because maybe they don't like their body. They don't like who they are. They feel like they need to prove themselves. And they're a constant up and down. When we are anxious and stressed, we're susceptible to being manipulated. That's that's just reality. We're too tired to say no to things that are might not be good or for us. Now, then a boy enters in, a boy likes them, but they don't really like themselves right? And they already don't like their body and they already feel like they're up and down and anxious and they already feel like they're in toxic friendship. Now a boy comes in, hey, we don't know. I'm susceptible to maybe not a good quality boy because I don't even like myself. I don't even, I, I, I my standard is so low that maybe the first boy that comes into my life, I'm going to say, sure, sign me up for that relationship because I don't really 
like parts of my life. Now, compounding that, we don't, you know, teach our children to dream. There's a dream for every season to discover the desires of their heart, to understand their unique, irreplaceable purpose. Now, not later on when we have a career, it's because how do we even discover what we want to do with our life if we don't even discover what we believe, our potential, our contribution, our desires, and I have a son, and we really try to help him discover his dreams, and he really wanted to play golf and see, okay, what is it, you know, what do we need to do to discover, to help you um maximize your God-given potential if that is what you want to do. And what is the purpose of that? You know, how can we make sure that we use those desires and your purpose for the greater glory of God? So helping them see that it's not just, you know, pursuit for the sake of pursuit, but pursuit for the sake of making your life an act of contribution. Now, we don't know how to do that as parents. It's not like I was ever taught to say, well, this is how you discover your dreams, your desires. You know, most most women don't know how to dream because dreaming is a skill. Now, if their environment, maybe it's peaceful, maybe it's not, maybe it's chaotic. A lot of the homes right now that we have, the home is chaotic. It's not a peaceful place to be in. So now the child feels like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like it's a place where it's peaceful and it's a place for me to grow and it's a place for me to feel like I just want to be home. Like I remember thinking growing up because I didn't have that home. I remember my friends, they would say something like, I just want to be home. And I'm like, I don't know what home feels like. I don't want to be home, right? It's not a it's not a safe place for me. It's not a place where I just want to curl up and drink, you know, hot chocolate. It just wasn't. And, and so if we're not creating that environment where children love being home, it's beautiful, it's orderly, it's clean, it's safe. They feel like they can fail and not be criticized. They feel like they are loved unconditionally. They're susceptible to wanting to be outside of the house and maybe susceptible to toxic friendships or drugs and alcohol. Compounding that, if we don't teach our children um, the importance of learning how to budget to make money and to use it for the good, right? Or maybe they see their parents struggling with money so much or their parents who are not actually uh, making time because they're struggling so much, then they might not have an ordered understanding of wealth. Now, it's not that... We don't make, you know, it, it's it's a matter of explaining to them. It's a matter of, you know, mommy and daddy can't be here because I am maximizing my potential, my call right now. I'm making sure that we have enough resources so that you could actually, you know, fulfill your God-given purpose because that's the purpose of wealth is to help our children um, provide opportunities for our children to actually maximize their God-given purpose. That's one of the purpose of wealth. But if money becomes a source of stress and they see that stress has been impacting a parent's marriage, then they also have a disordered understanding of wealth. And maybe they don't have training on how to discipline themselves on, on money and how to understand the purpose of money. And they feel maybe jealous of other people who have, uh, you know, money and resources. So all this requires a lot of training, conversation and discipline. And then if our family life, if we're not teaching our si their siblings to have a conversation that honors our value, right? In my house, there's such thing called as illegal words. Why? Because <clears throat> the words that we use impact how we actually feel. And so if the siblings are saying, you're so annoying, oh, you're awful, or they're criticizing each other and the parents just kind of roll their eyes and say, oh, they're just being teenagers, they're just being kids. No, we have to teach them to use words that, you know, that honor the value of the human person. And even when they're in conflict, Teaching our children to have healthy conflict is a skill set. Now, if you take a step back and say, right now, how 
are we as mothers? How are you right now as mothers designing a life for your child that makes them feel whole? Now, imagine if you only focus on family life, right? Focus on family, life, which is great. I think that I really commend. It's like, we're going to you know, make sure we have a healthy family life and that we are you know, honoring our, the sibling time and the conversations at home, but maybe we're not teaching them how to eat healthy or how to manage their thoughts or how to design the image that they hold of themselves. But maybe we're also not modeling for them in intimacy. Now, what's going to happen is that they're going to grow up and they're going to see that, that, oh, I don't really like, I, I don't know how to manage myself. I don't know how to manage my emotion. And I don't like my body and I don't really like toxic friendship. I like my home family life. No, what's happening that I'm seeing is that good families that have invested so much in their family life, but have not invested in maybe their child's health, mental health, emotional health, or designing a child's self-image, or maybe investing in their intimacy as a couple to bring, give that foundation to their child or teaching the child a sense of contribution of dreaming, the child then becomes susceptible to manipulation, to toxicity, because they don't like parts of their life. When a child doesn't like parts of their life, and I'm seeing this, you know, if they don't like their body, if they don't like their image of themselves, then they're going to go out there and maybe not dress appropriately, maybe try to go out and drink and, you know, be susceptible to drugs and alcohol because, they don't actually know how to be a friend and they're lonely and they want friendships and they, but they don't know how, so they want to fit in. What am I saying to you is that wholeness is the antidote to a lot of evil in the world because when our life feels whole inside as a child and we teach them to see with eyes of wholeness, they're less susceptible to being manipulated by toxic ideologies, to evil, to temptations that are actually are not in harmony with a moral compass of what honors truth, beauty, and goodness. Now you're looking out there and you're saying, well, I'm doing the best I can as a mom. Yes, we all are, which is precisely the problem, which is the reason why I was so passionate about the woman's school is so many of us women are doing the best that we can with what we've been given, even though we've never been shown how. That's the problem is that how would you know as a mother right now to design your, you know, your child's self-image if you were never taught to actually honor your own self-image, to honor your value, to like who you're becoming, to design the woman you're becoming. Maybe you're never taught to manage your mind and you're anxious and stressed and now you're a mom and you're seeing your child's, you know, inherit or your, your anxiety and your stress because you don't know how to police your thoughts and pivot it because you don't, you've never been taught with the skills to actually um, draw firm boundaries, to recalibrate, you know, to reset the standards or how to take care of your body. So you're not always tired. So you have the energy to be fully present to your child or to your contribution or to your spouse or to your friends. So we can't really give what we don't have as, as children. And a lot of the suffering that I am seeing for mothers and for women today, that's now coming generationally is simply because we've never been shown how you would not know, even if you're a good mom, if you were never trained how to manage your wealth, maybe you've never taught to budget or 
delayed gratification or to maybe how to make money, how to sell, not just like sell for the sake of selling, sell your ideas, sell something you believe in. That's a skill set. Mothers need to be selling all day long a life of virtue. Um, maybe you've never been taught to organize your home and create order and knowing that there's a place for everything. Or, you know, I, I this one woman who she said, you know, her house is beautiful, but then I was there visiting and she said, no, don't sit there. She, her children were not allowed to sit because she didn't want it to get dirty. And she's like, oh, I know I'm so awful, but maybe that place is in a safe space because we're overly, you know, focused on what it looks like, not what it feels for our children. Now, these trainings are non-negotiable so that we can actually teach our children a life of wholeness. If we want women to have more life in their life, we have to equip them with skills to help them choose a life of wholeness. Otherwise, they're in danger of, you know, choosing their own death, right? So let's just pause for a minute and say, you as a mother right now don't know how to manage your health, don't know how to manage your mind. You don't know how to actually have quality friendships. So you're lonely. You don't like, you're constantly stressed. Now, how does that impact your intimacy? Maybe your marriage. How does it impact your family? How do you show up to your family if you're always tired, exhausted, anxious, and stressed? How does it impact your ability to actually contribute meaning to the world, discover your dreams, discover your purpose, um, or perhaps just you know be fully present to the people that you love? Or how does that impact your own self-image of yourself, which your children inherits, you know, your, you know, if you're a mom out there and you don't like who you are, chances are your children are not going to like who they are because you can't give what you don't have. We have to teach our children to love ourselves. Now, why? <laughs> because it goes back to the second commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can't love something you don't know. Self-love is a prerequisite to actually loving our siblings, loving our friends, loving our spouse, loving our our family. Now, if you think about what self-love means in the way our culture is saying, it's all this love is love, you know, love yourself. What does that even mean if you don't know yourself? You know, Socrates would always say, know thyself, but to what end? So you can love thyself, but to what end? So you can love your neighbor. And when you love your neighbor, you feel fulfilled. Why? Because you're made for contribution and generosity. It goes as in a beautiful cycle. But if we don't know ourselves and we don't love ourselves, that we're incapable of loving those around us, then we are incapable of being fulfilled, which then creates a vicious cycle, which allows us to be actually susceptible to evil in the world. So to me, wholeness is the antidote to evil. We have to, as mothers, redesign a life that's whole so that we can actually then train our children to design a life that's whole so that they will not be susceptible to evil. We live in a very corrupt society right now where there's no moral compass. And the problem is that those people that want to live a moral compass, that have faith, that believe in truth, don't actually have the skill set and the discipline to live a life that's whole so that they're not susceptible to all the propaganda. They want to, but they don't know how to. So how do we achieve a life that's whole? Well, it looks a lot like training. It looks a lot like discipline, which is really adapt to your old self to give rise to your new self. And it's discipline means that we are, you know, we give ourselves a command and we follow through with it, which means that we're looking with eyes of wholeness and we're saying, what skill set do I need to discipline myself so I can actually protect this arena of my life? Why is this so crucial? Because hurt people hurt other people. And if we have broken parts of our arena because we don't feel whole, guess what? We are susceptible not only to evil, 
well, that is maybe evil, hurting other people, right? If you're not happy with your marriage, you can't be happy with other people's marriage. If you're not happy with the image of yourself, you're susceptible to competing and comparing, right? If you're not happy with the fact that you don't have a sense of purpose in your life, you feel kind of unmotivated. Maybe you feel like, ah, this is it. And you don't feel fully alive. I love, there's a St. Aaron's quote that I love and it's God's glory is man fully alive. To me, the most beautiful thing we can do to fight the battle of evil is to actually be fully alive, fully alive in every arena of our life, which really is ultimately requires us to die to our old self, to give birth to a new self. It's that death and resurrection all day long that we are to live on a daily basis so that we can actually manage a life of wholeness, but it requires us to first see what wholeness means. And that's why I put the child here in the middle, because most of the time, mothers won't do it for themselves. But if I tell mothers, if you don't do it for yourself, how can then give it to your child? But for most of us mothers who have, you know, we we would rather do it for our children than for ourselves because we love them so much. So the invitation that I have for you out there for women, for mothers is that look at your child's life of wholeness right now. And ask yourself, are you designing a life that is whole for yourself so you can teach your children to see with eyes of wholeness? Because the alternative is to hand them over to a life where they will be susceptible to temptation, propaganda, manipulation, because parts of them are hurting and hurt people are incapable of sometimes defending themselves. Because we're too wounded, right? It's like a, a woman that's that's been wounded. Maybe this, you know, you've got a cut. It's hard to get up, right? And I want to just invite you to reflect deeply and how you can take responsibility on your life of wholeness and why, for such a time as this, we need more women to honor their capacity to be fully alive aka be whole, so that they have a greater capacity to fight the evil around us and within us. And it starts with us taking responsibility for who we were created to be, become fully alive so we can become who God created us to be for such a time as this. And there lies the warrior that's going to fight the evil and armor up for the battle that is around us and that's within us and that is in front of us. We are living in times where truth is now under attack. The biology of women is under attack. Truth, everything is backwards. And I think there's a new woman rising amidst this ashes of saying, you know what, maybe I was too tired before. Maybe I wasn't training before. Maybe I was too comfortable before. But gone are those days because when you're under attack and there's a war, it's not the time to sit down. It's a time to armor up. And I think that, to armor up for the battle outside, we need women that are whole because that's how they're going to fight the battle fiercely. And I truly believe that if women feel fully alive, that to me is the greatest antidote to evil. So go out there, armor up women. You were made for such a time as this. It begins with you and me. And this is how we protect the value of women for generations to come and protect our daughters. There is no school that teaches us how to be a woman, how to manage our mind, our emotions, our bodies, our homes, our relationships, our careers and friendship, and all the practical skills that we need to honor every part of our life and become the woman we deeply desire to be. 
Women have a universal desire to live a life of meaning and contribution. And yet, we are being blamed and shamed for the choices no one taught us how to make. Think about it. Doctors, teachers, nurses, and every other profession get access to training. And yet, women are expected to know how to be a woman just because they're born a woman. But worst, we are valued based on our performance, perfection, position, popularity, and power we call the poisonous bee, which is why so many women quietly doubt if they're good enough. The truth is that our worth is unconditional and our value is not for sale. We are all unique and unrepeatable and what we offer the world is irreplaceable. The Woman's School is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. It is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. My name is January Donovan, founder of The Woman's School, which is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. I'm a mom of eight and a business owner, and I truly believe that it is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. I created a foundational training on how to be a woman so that you can understand your value and your purpose for such a time in history where we are being erased. So buckle up and prepare yourself for the rise of the new woman.